Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. I hate exercise, but for some reason, <laughs> I keep meeting people that like matter to me through exercise. But anyway, which somehow must mean something exactly that I shouldn't exercise. Unfortunately, slash fortunately, I'm Rea's Pilates instructor, elite <laughs> Pilates instructor. And the way we met, I'm gonna tell you right now, because Rea was like, "Yeah, just through fitness." No, she was the most annoying child in my Pilates class. <laughs> And Litz was trying to contain her. Then after a bit of fighting over what Rhea wants to do and what she doesn't want to do, and Litz convincing her that that's good for her, then we eventually became friends. I really have a pattern. (laughs) I was going to say, this is all really a pattern emerges when you hear other people (laughs) talk about about us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, but you have, you've created a brand for yourself and you have a very big social media following. You've managed to do... Quite, you've created something quite incredible. You're not just a Pilates teacher. You are a, I don't know what I'd call it, but you're definitely a brand of your own. I think a lot of the stuff that we see you do on social media and, and much more publicly is that there's a thread of it, yes, which is very much about exercise and fitness in the body. But a lot more of that is about confidence, is about embracing our wholeness yes. in, our, in our bodies, whether it's through hormones whether it's through what we eat. There's a lot of different things that you do and you have a very large following. I would say the way I started doing my job is to give girls the things that I didn't have as a young girl. Mm -hmm. Someone telling me that it's okay to become bigger or smaller. It's okay to be hungry as I've been spending all my life dancing and with people measuring you, weighting you all the time and telling you you had a big bum, big tits, you couldn't do that because of the shape of your body. Mm. I really needed someone to get inspired by Mm. and to look up to, to tell me it is okay to be the way you are and you're going to find your path anyway, Mm. even if you don't fit in some absurd body standards and feeling standards and Mm. the way you do things and job standards as well and this is the reason why I've been freelancing for the past 10 years because Mm. I couldn't fit in any boxes and I was like well I'm gonna do whatever I want to do and I'm also gonna tell people that they can do whatever the hell they want to do and it's okay no one gives a shit can we say shit yeah yeah, oh yeah we have explicit so was there a particular moment or a series of moments that kind of brought you to that epiphany where it was like okay wait i think i've really i'm finding my niche here niche (laughs) i think i've realized that as i started using social media a little bit more Mm. about 2018 i would say Mm -hmm. it was a big year for me too actually yeah i think it was a very big year of change for so many people that was when i met you (laughs) oh yeah true yeah i broke up after six years relationship which was a very important relationship for me so i was grieving Mm. i i went back to having many doubts about the way i should look the way i should feel because I was just grieving, I lost the person and I lost myself completely in that relationship. Mm. And so I started thinking, I don't want to feel like this, but at the same time, I don't have anyone telling me that it's okay to feel shit for a second and it's all normal. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell it to myself. And as I started saying this to myself, I thought, well, someone else 
might be benefiting from this. So I started putting it out on social media, all of my little revelations. I started therapy at the time, two years ago. Through things I understood through therapy, then I started putting them out on social media. And those were things that were helping me and I thought could help other girls around me. And that's how it happened, really. Um, yeah. No, I think it's really interesting because actually that's where a lot of stuff starts, whether it's in kind of the business world or in a purpose world is that I know that for me what I started doing was because I was like there's no one else doing it you know what I am not going to write what I should say or what people will expect me to say I'm going to write what I needed to hear yeah which was so different it was instead of like leave the shitty situation you're in I ended up writing that it's okay yeah yeah and I yes. think you yeah. know and I think and and because it's not about pandering no. Either when you're saying what I needed to hear it wasn't somebody pandering to your feelings either, but it was a real dose of compassion. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is something that I think is really lacking in any communication, whether it be over social media or between teacher student is very much that sort of that compassionate message yeah. of it's okay that you're feeling that way. It's actually probably a good thing that you're feeling that way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think without, I mean, this is just kind of a side note, but in general, I feel that the more we try and deny our own reality, mm -hmm. the less we're able to do anything about it. So um, the first step to any change is accepting where you actually are. And because all the messages that seem to be out there at the moment are how to change, mm -hmm. there aren't any about yes. just being like, this is who you are, this is what's going on, and that is okay. Yes. Let's get you used to the idea of your current reality. Yes. Let's let's see our current reality for what it is, mm -hmm. and then decide which bits do we like, and which bits would we like to improve. But we can't do that once we're constantly trying to fit into someone else's mold, and watching all that outer perfection made me think I was broken for feeling imperfect. Yes. Wholeness is all of you. Yeah. It's all the little bits of you. And often the bits that are best about you are the bits that for some reason you think are the ones you want to hide or reject. So actually like having voices out there, and I guess we do it differently in emotional stuff, like I shit out my emotions so other people feel less emotional, <laughs> you know, feel like it's okay to be emotional. But like, you know, having voices out there that go, I actually feel the way you do. Yeah. Or I felt the way that you yeah. do. And it's okay to grieve. It's okay to feel dark. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel bloated. It's okay to feel hormonal. It's okay to be fed up because some guy keeps catcalling you. Yeah. You know, all this shit matters. We have become so used to in this society of putting out this perfect facade. And all it's doing is it's pushing our humanity further and further inside. Yeah. I agree 100%. And this is something else that I saw on social media at the time as I started using it more. All of these positivity, positivity, how to be positive, ignore the negative, marry condo your life and eliminate everything that doesn't work for you. Relationship, this doesn't work, forget about it. This doesn't work for you, just delete it, cancel it from your life. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. I'm like, this doesn't work? Okay, I'm going to accept it and then I'm going to try and change it but I can't just delete it mm -hmm. as per parts of my body, parts of my personality. I think this like, I call it Mary Kondo your life whenever I talk mm -hmm. about it because that's literally what she does, right? She takes stuff, she trashes it and then it's gone. But the truth is that in life, things are not gone. You have to process them, right? Yeah. And so for me, it's the same thing about body image and body feelings, feelings in general. But the fact of the matter is you post what you eat. 
you post your heavy period hormonal days, right? You post when you're when you're bloated and you don't really try to always get the best angles. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of trainers on social media who really want to project that image of perfection. Yeah. I mean, I've been through that as well. So the yeah. first years of Instagram for me, when I didn't have a following, thank God, so people didn't see that and didn't get inspired by that. I would modify every single picture. I've got scars from acne on my face. I would just like blurry all the scars. Mm. I would just make sure that no one could see my real skin, my stretch marks and everything. So I am guilty of having used Photoshop to Photoshop my face and everything. Uh Uh, I was really, really uncomfortable. Right now I'm, I'm doing the opposite. So I'm almost trying and get the imperfections there out in the picture for other people like me to see it and go... Well, there is some imperfection, but, well, she's human and she's a trainer, she does sports, she eats, and she's just absolutely normal. And that's what my bio on Instagram says, just a normal fitness girl, trying to keep it real in the fitness jungle. And that's literally what I want to do. Can I ask you a question? What changed? There was a moment of epiphany, as you said before, okay, where I was talking to my therapist and my therapist made me realize I was treating my life as two different parts. I was treating the past as one chapter and the present as another chapter. Mm. And I was treating the past myself as another person. I was always referring to the past myself as the past myself, not as me. Old me Mm. was doing these, old me did that, as if it was another person and not my responsibility, something that I have to acknowledge. And then present me, which is a beautiful me and it's more successful, blah, 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 is doing these. And I'm Mm. just present me. And she told me, I think one of the things you have to do is to connect these two yous and and just make sure that they coexist and you're okay with all you being part of who you are now. Mm-hmm. And so then I thought, all right, we have to connect these two people. And the only way I have to connect these two people is to be super, super, super honest and show the old me to the world. And the old me is the scars on my face, the stretch mark on my bum, because that's what I've been through before. I've grown, I've been through hormonal changes, I've become a woman. And so that's old me with all of the flaws. And was it scary the first time you'd put it on social media or? It almost made me vomit. I kept looking at the picture and thinking, wow, posted it and no one noticed anything. That's the thing that shocked me the most. No one noticed anything. Everyone was like, this looks nice. And they sent me DMs saying, oh yeah, I hear what you're saying. And then I thought, oh wow, they hear what I say. They don't look at what I look like. Mm. And that's, And that's what I'm supposed to be on social media, a voice, not an image. I don't care about my image anymore. Mm -hmm. And on this note, I think the following I have is really important because they're all very honest people. And I'm lucky to have these people that actually listen to me and don't just look at me. And so I think I'm blessed with that. (laughs) You have chosen to use your voice, not your body. And that's what people respond to, your voice, not your body. And even though your body is front and center. Yeah, even though your body's front and center and your mm-hmm. work is body focused. Yes. It's still your voice that, that's what makes you different. Well, it's fascinating to me because Pilates is core work, right? And she's literally doing core work. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Comes from the inside and goes to the outside. Yes, yeah. it does. <laughs> you know, effectively, we all look for in someone else what we believe we lack in ourselves. Yeah. So when you see somebody who's, to- who's loving themselves, because that's what as humans we want the most right unconditional love 
when you see someone who's giving themselves unconditional love, they become so much more attractive, magnetic, interesting. We're drawn to them because we want to know, how do you unconditionally love yourself? Teach me how to unconditionally love myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I find it really interesting because when you are posting all these different things about all the bits that as women, and I could go on a real feminist rant here, but all the bits that as women, I won't, um, (laughs) that we have been hit, we've been told to hide, you know, whether it's our hormones, our body changes every month, what we eat, you know, like all these kind of the stereotypical images of women. And if you're a trainer or if you're working in in exercise, you must be those things as well. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to start breaking those stereotypes over and over again, to people who are directly affected by those stereotypes really does something quite liberating for you and for the people who watch you as well. Because there's a difference. I mean, I always joke to you, what's the point of exercise? But I think there is a difference between doing exercise to feel strong, to feel good, for the endorphins afterwards, you know, for your mental health, and doing exercise because you're trying to control your body because you can't control anything else. Yeah. And we go back to to the same thing. You, you must hurt. No pain, no gain. Mm-hmm. What the hell is this? No pain is no pain. Full stop. Really the focus of the <laughs> podcast thus far has been the relationship between the mental body and the emotional body. Well, because those are the two that really are up for healing for people. We don't yeah. really talk about how that's manifested in our physical body, apart from in what, one episode? Well, what we experience in our physical body, we've already experienced in our spiritual, emotional, and mental bodies, right? It's all a manifestation of that. So... The reason we focus so much on healing the spiritual body or the emotional body or the mental body is that as we do that, our physical body will show those. So as you said, when you had your sort of epiphany and you saw, you, you felt that it was time for you to start to change and shift, that's when things started to come together differently for you, right? And yeah. that's when you started to experience your body differently. Yeah. So it always takes one shift to sort of help create that physical shift. Because if we always make it about our physical body, then we let the other bodies languish. And those are the ones that really need healing first. So as you really started to heal your emotional body, right, all your emotions and all of your old traumas and old you, you were able to integrate all of that, right? Yeah. And it... And very interestingly, my physical body has changed so much. So mm-hmm. my boobs have changed, my hips have changed, and I became way more feminine. And I've been denying my femininity my whole life for like various reasons mm-hmm. and going back into like very old traumas and stuff. So I haven't been taking in consideration my femininity and I've been ignoring mm-hmm. it. And do you feel like you've fully embraced it now? Yes. And I love it. And my sexuality has changed so much as well. My relationship with my body, with the way I have sex. This newfound liberation and this shifting that has taken place, does that sort of, I mean, it would, I think, inspire you to approach relationships differently, but that's also not a priority for you anymore, which I find interesting that, (laughs) you know, once you've healed these traumas and these issues around relationship now it's become the relationship to yourself it's your relationship to your work yeah and you don't need anyone to tell you that you're good enough or you look good enough you're feeling the right things because ultimately for me it wasn't even about how my body looked i never looked for someone to tell me i'm beautiful i'm flawless and blah 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 it was it was about feelings like someone to tell me it's okay to feel like that we're going to sort it out together because i was mm. like sad all the time and like traumatized all the time mm. and now i f- i finally feel good so i don't need anyone to allow me to feel certain things yeah. I'm just like i feel them i'm okay i'm gonna feel them 
And then, yeah, and relationships are not a priority anymore for me. Relationships mm-hmm. in terms of uh, romantic relationships, because obviously right. friendships are important. Yeah. But even then, my priority is myself, not in an arrogant way and in mm-hmm. a selfish way. Right. It's just literally now I, I think I know what I want. And mm-hmm. I generally just want to be happy and be satisfied with what I have. And that's my priority. Then if a person is going to get come into my life and it's going to match well my energy and everything, we're yeah. talking about energy, spiritual people, <laughs> then that person's going to be very much welcome. But if there's not a person there, I don't really, I don't really need a person. That's a shit ton of confidence right there that, that she just expressed. That comes from a shit ton of work as well. Yes. When you decide, you have to be really sure of what you want. For me, right yes. now, is my own happiness is the only priority. It's not just the first one. It's the only priority for me. I have to go through these before allowing someone else's happiness to be my priority. So I don't think I've even reached the top of the mountain. I'm just I just started climbing it. Right. And so right now, whatever doesn't make me happy, it's not going to enter my life. So if I start a relationship or I start dating someone and I see that it makes me feel a bit weird and blah, 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 I say it first because I do give chances to people. I'm not Mary condoing my life as I used to do before. So I give them chances. I talk to them. But then ultimately, I know that if it doesn't work, then it's not going to work and I have to get rid of it because it's not making me happy. So how did your family feel when you started to go through these shifts? Like, how did they respond? And how did your relationship to them mm. shift? Are we allowed to go there? Yeah, we don't we have can. to. I need to think about it. But yeah, the thing with my family is that I've been very far away from them for 10 years. So I think the fact that I was away from them, and I do deeply believe that all of your problems in life stem from family. My family is the place of trauma it's the place of problems, literally. <laughs> and then any, it's, it's a paradigm for everything, unfortunately. Yeah. So I, I was able to live away from them and see the situation from outside. And from an outsider mm. point of view, I could then understand how to approach my family with the new me in a way that it wouldn't trigger them, first of all. Right. And in a way that wouldn't get them to think about me as a completely different person. Because I think Mm. that family, your family is always very, very connected to the old you. If you just like take the old you away from your family. It's it's hard. They're not going to know who you are. No. And they just, they can't connect with you. Mm -mm. They just, they just don't see you at all. So you can't do a sudden change with family. Mm-mm. Otherwise, they are not going to listen to you. You disappear. It's traumatizing. It is traumatizing. <clears throat> yeah. And that's what happened to me when I left. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to have anything to do with my family. I'm going to change a lot. And I changed a lot during those years. And, and my family and me got completely disconnected. Hmm. So I had to go back, show them some parts of the old me. And at the same time be, yes, but they've been improved. And they're listening to you more. And and I also had to understand that it wasn't just them hurting me, but it was me hurting them yeah. equally. Mm-hmm. And I could just see my pain because obviously when you're in pain, you just see your own pain. And that's all you can because it's just magnified and it's in your face. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And also I understood that some of the problems I had with myself, with my body, with my concept of sex and like of guilt and everything originated from my mother my father so it was a generational Mm -hmm. trauma and some traumas weren't even mine 
Oh, completely, like, right? I mean, yes. I mean, it took my having kids to really see how much of my mom's shit I was carrying. Yes. Yeah. So you're there sitting with a trauma. You analyze it from the outside and you're like, this shit is not mine. Like, this is not my trauma. I never lived through these. Why am I scared of this specific thing? This is not me. No, not at all. And so you have to relearn everything. During these couple of years, I then started talking to my Nana and asking her about her things as well. Because I realized my family had a huge, huge trauma with men, (sighs) which is obviously something that I still hold. And that's why I am like, so against patriarchy and all of these things that you see on my profile as well. Mm -hmm. And we have been through a a thousand of generations of trauma Mm -hmm. of men that have been treating women the wrong way, both with abuse, with cheating, and just like, yeah, treating women the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And so I think I've got like an accumulated hate against men. Speaking of baggage. (laughs) (laughs) Big baggage, which now I'm trying to turn into... Mm-hmm. I want to listen to men and see what I have to say because I know that I haven't been listening to any man no. until now. You know, when we're victimized, we vilify. Yeah. And at some point we realize that when we need to come out of our victimhood, we have to acknowledge others' victimhood yes. in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's end up, that's really how, it, that's how the integration actually begins. I think it, it just sounds like you, you do everything so brilliantly and your process seems to really just always kind of come together for you. You can just sort of see how the strong boundaries with family is really how you end up moving forward. I haven't known anyone who's been able to really move past and get to a different level, I guess, if you will, of learning and loving if they haven't really dealt with their family baggage somehow. But all of that trauma, all of that generational stuff, it ends with us. We are the generations to kill it. It is not meant to be passed down to our children if we decide to have children. You know, being in the public eye a lot more, I'm sure that you also have people out there who are criticizing and are... Yeah, uh, the thing with the Daily Mail, and I'm going to repeat the name quite clearly. (laughs) Yes, in the Daily Mail. (laughs) In the Daily Mail DM, there was this piece published about me, and I was just giving some Pilates suggestions on how to ease your lower back pain and upper back pain, blah, blah, blah. And then they put a profile image of me, which they took from my Instagram, and they didn't really check with me, which is fine because on my Instagram, there's pictures which I posted of myself, so I'm completely all right with them being out there. Which is a picture with my boobs slightly out compared to all of the other thousand and a hundred pictures. So in a thousand and a hundred pictures, there was one with my boobs slightly out, and that's the one they used as my profile picture to say, this trainer is giving you advice on how to ease your lower back pain. Right. I've been attacked right and left, horrible comments about um, how sexual I'd look, um, how like, of course I had back pain because I had such big implants in my tits, which by the way, I don't have for anyone listening. But the way I got through that um, and saying these, I can also say that it really, really hurt me for about a week when I read all of those comments, all that negativity just hit me so hard. I couldn't even cry. I was just like, wow, people really hate me mm-hmm. just for the way I look in a picture. And they don't listen to me. They can't hear my voice because they just see me, which is everything that I don't want to happen. Because as, as we said before, I just want people to listen to me at this point. I don't care about the way I look. And then I remembered about something that I started learning slowly, slowly during this couple of years of 
enlightenment, <laughs> which is that every time someone hurts you and says nasty things about you to you in general, they're just projecting their own insecurities and their own pain and mm-hmm. their own traumas and all the darkness they have inside. Mm-hmm. And it's not really about me. And ultimately, these people don't know me. So they, they don't know shit about me. Right. So how can you be entitled to hurt me? What did I do to you? I did nothing. So this has to do with you. So my way to go through these is I forgive you because you don't know what you're saying. I also have to keep in mind that if I want to become public, which is what I want to do, I'll have some people criticizing me. Yeah. And that's completely all right because it shows that my voice has an impact. When people get triggered, that means you said something important or you looked like something important. It did something, which is fine. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's okay that it hurts, it shocks, it confuses, Mm because you're also human. And so, yeah, you've got to go through the process of remembering they're human also. How much pain does someone have to be in that they have the time yeah. To say awful things about someone yeah. on a newspaper they don't know. So how do you see you growing your work and your purpose? Like you've, it seems like, I mean, you're in it, mm-hmm. but you still have a ways to go. Yeah. So where do you see yourself? And this is not where do you see yourself in five years bullshit, but it's like, what is your big plan? I just know that my big plan is to follow who I really am and what I really want in that moment. My big plan is to follow my guts. There's no real destination. Yeah. Well, that's kind of it, isn't it? You started listening to yourself, showing who you really were, and that's what's made you successful. So to keep doing that... Keep being you. Yeah. yeah. For me, that is the biggest success. Yeah. And ultimately, I understood that I don't need anyone's approval. So as long as I am happy with what I am, that's my biggest achievement. Yeah. And right now, I'm waking up in the morning thinking... I'm excited about this day because I'm just being myself in myself. That's it. I don't care about what I do. I just care about how I feel throughout the day. And I, if someone told me I'd feel like this two years ago, and I would have never believed them. So, so funny. You say the same thing. If someone had told me two years ago that I would be living this kind of life, I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah, I said. Funny, Rhea said the same thing just yeah. yesterday. <laughs> I love true. it. Yeah. yeah, what a transformational time. Yeah. Crazy. And it was this couple of years for yeah. all of us. So such a significant 2018, period. 2018, 2019, 2020. Yeah. And side note, I still feel sad. I still feel fat. I still feel like I've got spots when I yeah. get my period and I have awful days as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not waking up every morning thinking, oh my God, mm. I feel so good in myself. No, it's up and down, up and down, up and down. But generally seen from the outside, is a good balance. Yeah. And that was always the theme of season four is what we talked about, which is you can have, you can be in a constant state of happiness. Mm-hmm. You can find that peace and you can have small dips, but they will never bring you that far down. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.